0: welcome to sabbath school brought to you by it is written i'm eric flickinger and we are continuing our journey through the book of genesis this week we're looking at week number 11 lesson number 11 joseph master of dreams and with me this week once again is dr greg king he is the dean of the school of religion at southern adventist university he's been a professor for over 30 years especially delving into the old testament of course the book of genesis is certainly part of that and he's been a pastor as well served in that capacity Greg it's good to have you back once again
1: thank you Eric it's a privilege to journey through a portion of Genesis with you
0: now let's take a look at this this is we've had some interesting lessons up to this point but Joseph master of dreams this is this is particularly interesting I want to kind of grab the memory text for just a moment to to launch us into this but the memory text is Genesis 37 verse number 19 which says, then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. This whole concept of dreams runs throughout the story of Joseph. How does this play a a significant role?
1: It does. And in fact, maybe we should notice that Joseph occupies the largest number of chapters in Genesis of any single individual. Just by way of review, you have Genesis 1 through 11 that deal with an assortment of Individuals. sometimes it's called the history of the earliest ages and then we begin with abraham around genesis chapter 12 and that goes to about 12 through 25 and then there are a couple of chapters that deal with isaac and about 11 chapters uh, 27 through i guess about 10 chapters that deal with jacob but then we come to genesis 37 and genesis 37 through 50 Basically, about the last fourteen chapters of Genesis are focused largely on the Joseph story, and so he is called the master of dreams. Now, his brothers, when they use that expression, "Look, this dreamer is coming," they're probably using the the words sarcastically because you see Joseph has had these dreams and he has told them about their sheaves were out being bound in the field and their sheaves bowed over to to his sheaf, or or that he was bowed to. He had a dream of the objects, the planetary objects up in the sky, and the sun and the moon and the the 11 stars bowed down to him. And he, we might say it wasn't such a wise thing to report to his older brothers. He he tells them of those dreams and they scoff at them, they ridicule, and, and, and yet they're also very angry because there's a rivalry that takes place between them and Joseph, they anticipate that even though Joseph is not the eldest son that Jacob is going to accord him a special privilege as far as leaving an inheritance. And so there is not just sibling rivalry but a big animosity. But what we're going to see is that God is going to work through the life of Joseph so that those dreams will ultimately be fulfilled but in a very surprising way in a way that will amaze and astonish even the brothers of joseph
0: yeah we we see some as sunday mentioned some family troubles some uh imperfect family dynamics is perhaps a way that we could say this there was a little bit of favoritism there well there was a lot of stuff going on what can we learn what's what can we take away from this story about some of the decisions some of the choices some of the dynamics that took place there in Joseph's family that had some negative consequences.
1: Well, I have two sons, Eric, and I can tell you this, that favoritism or even perceived favoritism can be very toxic in family relationships. Can we imagine what it was like for Jacob to have 12 sons? Mm. And to complicate the matter, he had violated what had been God's original intention for marriage. We see in the creation account, one man, one woman united in the permanent covenant of marriage, the marriage relationship intended to be one man and one woman. And, and yet you could say, in a sense, Jacob is anticipating what is taking place in the day and age in which we live, where there are, as you said tactfully, some alternative family arrangements are being tried out. But isn't it true, Eric, that whenever we violate God's plan, it's always to our own detriment? And so you have this situation of plural marriage where Jacob is married to Leah and Rachel, and then two of their servants, Bilhah and Zilpah, has these 12 children, and and there are factions and rivalries that exist within that home. In fact, Eric, you might notice that this idea of favoritism and strife within the home, it reverberates throughout several of these family situations in Genesis. You have... Isaac favoring Esau, and Rebekah favoring Jacob, and then Jacob favoring Joseph and Benjamin. And so, as I said, whenever we turn our back on God's plan, it doesn't result in happiness and joy in our lives.
0: And we see that, well, living itself out in our world. Uh, there, there are many families today that are, well, broken apart, remelded. Uh, it it causes challenges and and more often than not the the ones who pay the highest price are the children and they act that frustration out in in many and various ways but god had an original plan god still has his original plan in place and it's up to us whether or not we want to follow it but what we see happening here with joseph and even though the family dynamics were shy of perfect i'm trying to be as generous as i can here but They were a mess god was still able to bring many good things out of that so just because there may be some imperfect situations in your life or your family's life don't give up that doesn't mean that everything is completely shot what it means is god can still work with that Uh, we look at monday's lesson and Boy, things get really bad in this family it's not like there's just discontent or dissatisfaction or or arguments there's an attack on joseph with a pretty horrible intent um what's going on here
1: well i have a brother eric that is one year older than i am and i can say that we had some uh, some some wrestling matches when i was growing up and maybe sometimes even a little more serious than a wrestling match because there's a little natural sibling rivalry that develops, but this is on a much greater scale. You see, Jacob had mistakenly, in my view, had given Joseph what is sometimes translated as a coat of many colors. The, the Hebrew to translate is a little complicated, but what it was, it was a distinctive garment that later appears in Scripture as a, a, the robe of a prince or a princess. And so Jacob is distinguishing Joseph in that way as his favorite son, well, this made, Joseph, this made Joseph's brothers or half-brothers, as we might call them, see red, as the expression goes. They were very angry. And so when Joseph comes out on that one occasion to, to bring them food to check on their welfare, they don't want to just rough him up a little bit. They say, look, here comes this dreamer. And they use this word, here comes this master of dreams. Let's kill him. And then we're going to see what will become of his dreams. And so you'll want to keep that phrase in mind as you go throughout the entire joseph story what will become of these dreams will these brothers one day bow down in front of him it's going to be fulfilled in a in a way that will surprise and astonish them greatly
0: god is in control if you ever wondered if you ever just stopped to think is he in control we look at what's happening in the world today the answer is yes there are unfortunate things that happen there are unpleasant things that happen just look around there's plenty of them happening right now that doesn't mean that god isn't in control it means that he is working through these things he still has a plan he would love for everything to be perfect and wonderful and and peaceful unfortunately we live in a fallen world and we've been looking at that in the book of genesis and even though we have uh, this story of joseph that is imperfect he goes through pain he goes through sorrow he, he goes through abandonment god's still with him the lord was with joseph
1: yeah and i might add on that in connection with that eric sometimes people might say well they back off their plan to to kill him because they decide to sell him into slavery well in some ways that would have been considered a fate worse than death in other words as as i reckon it they they decide well if we're going to get rid of him anyway We might as well get some money out of him. And so they see see a group of Ishmaelite traders passing by a caravan. Can you imagine the terror on Joseph's face as they offer to sell him into slavery? Can you imagine maybe some bargaining taking place and Joseph realizing what is going on and and running from one brother to the other, maybe falling down at their feet, clutching their feet, please, please, Simeon, Issachar. Dan, don't do this. And yet they sell him into slavery. And the lesson raised the point, did they ever for a few moments even think about how this would impact their aged father? Isn't it true that when, when we allow hatred and rivalry and bitterness to, to creep into our lives, it always has an impact on others as well? In other words, sin has an effect that reverberates and echoes around to those around us as well
0: i like that point greg you, you bring out the selfishness that the brothers were experiencing what what can we get out of this not how is it going to impact joseph not how is it going to impact our father not even how is it going to impact our relationship with our father you know ultimately ultimately if it were found out but even through all this god is still there god is still active god is still guiding and directing he's permitting things to happen But he's working through these things i don't know if we'll have how much time we'll have to dig into this but we look at the the story of uh, of judah and tamar here in genesis chapter 38 we're going to come back and, and dig a little bit more into into joseph's story when we come back from our break but we look at judah and tamar what's the significance of this relationship this this situation that they find themselves well in. it's
1: another example eric of what you talked about earlier about how god can take events that are evil and tragic in and of themselves and bring something good out of them and so we can't gloss over judah's actions in chapter 38 we can't say that he's acting as a righteous man in fact he tries to throw blame on tamar when he is the one who has initiated their improper sexual contact with one another But isn't it interesting that the very child that is born of this union, one of the children born, comes to have a part in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Jesus. In other words, we're not saying that God is endorsing what takes place in Genesis 38, but again, God can take events that are evil and tragic in and of themselves and work to bring something good out of them. So again, that's encouraging, or at least it should be for you and for me. Uh,
0: unless your life is perfect and and if it is i would love to meet you but most of us have problems and challenges in our lives that we're facing that we're struggling with the good news is god is a part of it and we're going to continue to look at the story of joseph here and how god works through the challenges the difficulties in joseph's life to continue to work out his will not just for joseph but for you and for me and for many others as well i want to encourage you if you haven't already stopped by the it is written shop it is written .shop. You can pick up the companion book to this quarter's Sabbath school lesson. It is the book Genesis by Jacques Ducan. I know that it will be a blessing to you. We have just a couple of weeks left in this quarter and you want to get the most out of these final lessons. So pick that up, dig into it, delve into it, and you can still catch up on the lessons that you may have, that have already passed and gain a great deal more. We're glad that you're here with us. I'm going to be back in just a few moments with Greg King as we continue looking at Joseph, the master of dreams.
2: He was chosen by God to father a great nation. But instead of trusting God to fulfill His promise, he chose to run ahead of God's plan, using lies and deception to secure the blessing that God had already said would be His. Join me for another episode of our series great characters of the Bible as we examine the story of Jacob. Before becoming the progenitor of the nation of Israel, Jacob conspired with his mother to deceive his brother and his father. And in doing so, he set himself on a path filled with hardship and pain. Yet even at his lowest, Jacob refused to let go of God, and God never let go of Jacob. Learn how Jacob's experience is relevant to your life. And how the same god who blessed jacob wants to bless you today great characters of the bible jacob watch now on it is written tv welcome back to
0: sabbath school brought to you by it is written i'm joined once again by greg king we're continuing to look here at the story of joseph and when we get to wednesday's lesson joseph's already been through some challenges but he's not done with the challenges that he's going through joseph a slave in egypt there there's a phrase a passage that occurs over and over again here in this story of joseph what is that and why does that give us hope
1: in fact eric i think it's one of the themes that overarches the entire story of joseph you find in genesis 39 verse 2 it says the lord was with joseph now this may surprise some people at first because they say joseph is a slave he's serving as a slave to potiphar the the captain of the guard in egypt and yet the lord is with him in that enslavement and then later on and we'll be talking about how this story develops joseph is thrown into prison but still it says but the lord was with joseph and showed him steadfast love and then in verse 23 a third time in this same chapter because the Lord was with him. Now, I heard one preacher say one time, the Lord was with Joseph, but he didn't tell Joseph anything about it. What that lets me know is there are sometimes that our life's circumstances may look rather bleak. We may be facing challenges. We may be facing what has been called the the dark night of the soul. We ask, where is God in all of this? We get a, a medical diagnosis that we don't want to receive. We receive a phone call that gives tragic news to us whatever where is god in all of this and and what this story tells me that even in the challenging times of life we might say even in the darkest moments we serve someone who says who has promised i will never leave you nor forsake you to use the words of hebrews or to use the words of matthew 28 lo i am with you always even to the end of the world and so the lord was with joseph in slavery in prison wherever he was god was with joseph
0: it's interesting god's god allows joseph's life to go through some ups and downs you know his childhood was a a favored childhood he was the he was the favorite kid if you will but that favoritism led him (laughs) into a into a big problem into into being sold as a slave in egypt now he's in Egypt but he's he's elevated again in Potiphar's household so it, it seems like things are going well for him again and and at, at this point you know if you or I were in Joseph's shoes we might have wiped our forehead and said okay at, le- at least things are, are better than they could be and then well there's some some challenges that Joseph runs into again with Potiphar's wife talk a little bit about that situation
1: well have you ever heard something like this said eric that when life seems to be going too well watch out that's right because a test is going to be coming and i think you set up the situation well so joseph has been sold as a slave and probably not something that he preferred not where he would want to be but then he does such a good job And, and there's a lesson for us in this shouldn't we do be known for excellence whatever we're doing joseph is so capable and the bible tells us because the lord was with him he became a successful man and his master turned over everything to Joseph's charge he was the head steward of the house we might say well after a time mrs potiphar the master's wife she began looking at joseph in a different way he's a handsome young good-looking guy and and she tries to become intimately involved with him she tries to seduce him and the bible says that day after day she pleaded with him to form this improper attachment with her but but joseph refused and then finally one time when evidently the two of them were alone in the house she looks at him with longing eyes and says come to bed with me and and joseph responds in these Striking words of integrity, how could I do this great sin and sin against God? You know, I thought about that before, Eric, and and wondered, Joseph could have said, well, I served God when I was a child, when I was pampered back in the promised land, and what good did it do me? I would be far better off to listen to what the master's wife said, and, and maybe this would lead to an even further position of elevation. You know, this is even before the Ten Commandments are given in Exodus chapter 20, but, but Joseph recognizes that it would be contrary to God's will, incompatible with his role as a believer in the true God to engage in these improper relations with his master's wife. I tell you what, what a striking example of integrity for today Joseph sets for us. He
0: really does, and, and this
1: test that he's
0: going through right now which by the way he passes at, at great expense to himself. Yes. He passes it, but this test is it's not his last test. It's God is is leading him, God is guiding him, God is is giving him opportunities. We'll call them growth opportunities. And this was a growth opportunity that Joseph passed, we'll call it with with flying colors. I don't know how if we want to use the the word colors again. His coat of many colors, unintentional, totally. But he passes this one with flying colors, and pays a price for it. What 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 do you think God was trying to do here with Joseph, in Joseph, through Joseph, to to maybe prepare him for for other things?
1: Well, that's one of the most challenging parts about this story. Have you heard the statement before that no good deed goes unpunished? Well, Joseph is certainly experiencing this because. I can think from Joseph's perspective, he is probably contemplating in his mind, okay, I'm going to stand true for God. I'm going to be a person of integrity. I'm going to do what's right in this situation. And surely I will be rewarded for it. And yet what happens? His master's wife cast a false accusation on him. Now, I have told my students before when talking about this passage, I'm not sure whether Potiphar really believed his wife or not. He knew her pretty well. And and had he really believed that his servant had tried to assault his wife, the servant would have been executed. But in order to save face, something has to happen. So he has Joseph cast into prison. Imagine Joseph those first few days and weeks and months in prison thinking, Lord, I was faithful to you. And what good did it do me? But... But isn't it interesting that God is preparing Joseph for something that will come later in his life? And Eric, I think in a very interesting way, Joseph is a foreshadowing of all faithful people for Christ down through the ages who have languished in jail. I think of individuals like Peter and Paul and John the Baptist. And you can even think of John the Revelator on the island of Patmos people that are placed in a, either in a holding place or a prison cell. And sometimes we use the word solitary confinement, but isn't it true when one of God's children is in prison, it's not solitary confinement because the Lord has promised to be with them wherever they are.
0: God was clearly with Joseph and God was still using Joseph, even though Joseph was in a difficult spot. Sometimes he allows us to go into difficult spots because there are There are people there who need to be reached. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should try to do wrong things or end up in bad places. God sometimes permits that, though. And even when he does, he has a purpose for us. He has a purpose for you. So if you're in a tight spot right now, if things aren't going as well in your life as you might like, and, and you find yourself in some sort of a prisoner or another, don't give up. God still wants to use you. While Joseph was in prison, he wasn't there alone. You mentioned God was with him, but there were also a couple of other individuals who were there with him. Talk about these these individuals and, and how God used them to help elevate Joseph again.
1: Well, isn't this interesting, Eric, that Joseph's godly character shines through even while he's in prison? And you could see that Joseph could have spent the rest of his time in prison sulking and pouting. And... Here I was faithful to God. what good did it do me? but but one day he approaches these two fellow prisoners, we might call them political prisoners, and he says, "Why are you guys discouraged today? Why are your faces so downcast?" And they say, well we've had we've each had a dream and we don't know what those dreams might mean. and and of course, remember the story, Joseph, the master of dreams and and perhaps Joseph recalls those dreams he had had earlier in his life and And through God's intervention, because Joseph said, don't interpretations belong to God, he's not claiming credit for it himself, but he interprets the dreams of the baker and the butler, individuals who had been trusted confidants of the Pharaoh. He interprets the dreams for them, and God is going to use this process eventually to elevate Joseph to the person just below Pharaoh as the second highest ruler in the land. what it lets us know is that God is sometimes silently, sometimes mysteriously working behind the scenes to accomplish his purposes in the world.
0: And it's encouraging to see God doing that in Joseph's life because Joseph kind of, he, he edges up bit by bit in his responsibilities, in his honor, in his, uh, in his authority, I, I guess that's an appropriate word to use as well, if he hadn't gone through the trials he wouldn't have been placed in the positions that he was placed in
1: beautifully stated eric because isn't it true if somebody goes out to engage in a physically grueling exercise they're going to run a marathon or or a triathlon or something like that they have to train in advance they don't go out the first time and and isn't it true that the lord is training joseph as part of this process even after he interprets the dreams for the butler and the baker he still languishes for two more years in prison until finally the butler remembers and he says to pharaoh i've got your man i know who can tell you when pharaoh eventually has his own dreams so god's at work don't give
0: up on god god is not giving up on you i i want to in the few minutes that we've got left here, not even not even minutes, but in the last minute or so that we've got, just some final thoughts on, on this story of, of Joseph, the dreams, and how God is with him in that.
1: Well, Eric, sometimes it seems like evil is in control in this world. Sometimes the circumstances of our life seem to, to weigh us down, to bring us discouragement and depression. But... But I love the way that Joseph is going to come to this at the end of the Joseph story. And I'm not saying he felt this way all the time, but he ends up stating what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so I would just like to remind us all that God can take events and circumstances in our lives that are evil and tragic in and of themselves, and God can work to bring something good out of them.
0: Thank you Greg for that that final thought on the on the life of Joseph here. Remember that God is with you. Remember that God has his best intents, his best intentions for your life. He wants you to flourish. Now, what that's going to look like may not be exactly what you expect, but he has a plan for you. And through the challenges that you have been through, through the challenges that you likely have yet to go through, he is going to work to mold and to shape you for an incredible inheritance, an inheritance in eternity. But between now and then, he wants to use you to influence the lives of others, to help others along the path toward Christ. Thanks for joining us again this week on Sabbath School. We're gonna be back again next week as we continue our study of the book of Genesis, diving into this incredible book of beginnings that applies in a very real way to the lives that you and I are living right now. God bless you and we'll see you back next week.